So in Matthew chapter 19, so this here is the passage where he's spoken to the rich young ruler. And coming after this passage, you know, the Bible tells us when Jesus gave the answer that go sell all that you have, give it to the poor and follow me and I'll give you riches in heaven. He didn't like that answer because he, I've said it before, I'll say it again, he appeared to have wanted eternal life but not the Saviour. Now in a parallel passage in the Gospel of Mark, it says something a little bit more specific as to why Jesus touched on his money. And, uh, and you've, we've heard it said before that he loved his money more than God. And, uh, and Mark gives a t- detail there and it actually says there that he uh, it g- it gives the indication that he trusted in his riches. And that's what Mark talks about there. Why Jesus again touched on what he was trusting to expose the fact that he wasn't actually trusting God. And in doing that, he the 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 man was sorrowful because he was happy to have he wanted eternal life, but he wanted his riches too. And the Bible talks about trusting uncertain riches. Now we're not going to be focusing on that. I just wanted to lay down the the simple um, you know scenario that did take place then about this man, and and he he thought he was okay. He thought he was pretty good. He thought. That from his youth all the way until as old as he was until this point here, he had kept the law and, and he was okay. So what else did he need to do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus really hit the heart and showed you are very far from it and exposed that very much. And, uh, and then he says some words that were very interesting. And um, anyways, let's read them. And he says here, uh, from verse 22, so, but when the young man heard that saying, what Jesus had just told him about selling all his, you know, giving, selling all his treasures or giving away all his money, it says, when he heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now verse 23, then said Jesus unto his disciples, verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And the scriptures labor again on those that have riches often trust in them and love uh, their riches. It even talks about those that have drowned themselves with many sorrows because of the, their love for money. And the Bible tells us that the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. Because what people would do for money would make you say, wow, how could someone do that? Well, for the right price, at the right time, under the right circumstances, you'd be surprised what someone would do for money. And, uh, and so Jesus just states a, f- a fact here. And, uh, and he says what he says, you know, that hardly, hardly ever one of these are going to enter into heaven. And then the disciples ask a question. The disciples ask a question on the basis of that. 
It says, when his disciples heard it, in verse 25, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? (laughs) You know, Jesus really brought something out that was not only in the heart of the rich young ruler, but in the hearts of many. And it says that it was, you know, his, his disciples that were like, wow, who then can be saved? And then this is the text that I want us to, to really get a hold of. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. With men, this is impossible. But with God, and that's the comfort, but with God, all things are possible. Now, Jesus wasn't a motivational speaker. And he wasn't like, you can do it, man. You can do all things. Just, you know, it, and that wasn't, he's not for the sake of motivation. He's simply stating a fact. And this here, we understand, is particularly mentioned in the light or context of salvation. Who then can be saved? And he says, with men it is impossible. It's impossible. So not just in light of riches and what Jesus established, and by the way, I understand in verse 24, there's a lot of you know, comments, opinions, and so forth about um, what the, you know, a camel going through the eye of a needle is. And I guess just to, um, just to share, share a thought on that, I'll just read uh, something that I read I thought was interesting, and it's not scripture, but I thought was interesting in terms of uh, history in light of this. And the commentary that I read says this, he, Jesus, clearly uses a hyperbole and for those that don't know what a hyperbole is, because I never knew what a hyperbole was up until a couple of years ago. So a hyperbole is something that, uh, you know, almost a statement or an illustration, an exaggerated, you know, illustration or statement to make a point. And here, um, you know, the commentary says, here Jesus clearly uses a hyperbole. His words reflect an ancient figure of speech for the impossible. A very large animal passing through a needle's eye. A needle's eye in Jesus' day meant what it means today. The idea that it was simply a name for a small gate in Jerusalem is based on a gate from the medieval period and sheds no light on Jesus' teaching in the first century. So I thought it was an interesting um, detail and I thought I'd share it for those that are very interested in was it a literal thing or, or what it was? And I personally agree with it. And whatever, regardless what you uh, believe about it, the point is this, it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And that's what Jesus is wanting to establish. And then the disciples understood it and they said, well, if it's impossible, who then can be saved? And it says, now I want to tell you, With man, it's impossible. With man, you are not able. You're not able. There's nothing man can do to save themselves. 
absolutely nothing. Without God, salvation for all men is impossible. Absolutely impossible. And so it's not just a matter that God dies for us and now it's all up to us as such. No. There's still this, this, this reality that it's not like man can come just whenever they want, as they want, as such. Now understand what I mean by that. You've probably heard statements like, oh, when I'm ready, I'll come. No, you won't. God won't be mocked like that. And so when we start to take this impossibility and start to make it somewhat possible for man to do, you've completely taken away what God says, no, it's absolutely impossible. And we've been hearing it through the series on Galatians constantly. Men trying in different ways and different attempts to be saved, to be saved through many a means and through many avenues. But with man, it's impossible. But with God, and I believe not just this area of salvation, but he says all things, all things are possible. You and I know that we could not save ourselves. And you and I know that in some way or another, God in some way or another intervened in our life and brought us to that place where we... Had no, we were cornered as it were. And we saw our sin. And we saw his love. And that was it. <laughs> and there are many today that have come to that place. And scary enough have hardened their hearts. And have stiffened their neck. And to use the rebuke that Stephen gave. They have resisted the Holy Ghost. To their own destruction. And to their own detriment. But when you look to God, when this repentance uh, towards God takes place and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ takes place, salvation comes. And then those that get saved quickly realize with man, hey, it wasn't me that brought me here, trust me. It wasn't me that led me here, trust me. It wasn't me that changed my life. Trust me, it wasn't me. You think I didn't try to clean up my life? Listen, with man, it's impossible. You think we didn't try or I didn't try to, to, to appease that guilt that was on my conscience to somehow have this thing with God, this relationship? It, it was impossible. But with God, with God, all things are possible. And so you and I know when we look back, we see how God made the impossible possible. It is absolutely impossible for us to undo what we've already done. Does that make sense? We can maybe right our wrongs, but we can't go back and undo something that's already been done. It's been done. And so you and I have, in essence, built up this account, this outstanding account that we have tried to veil with what we would call good works or good deeds or a change of heart or a change of life or a, or a different journey or whatever it is and, and thought that that would be enough to appease those things that we had 
done in the past, but it's never enough. There is nothing man can do that can possibly save them, appease that guilt, make them right with God. With man, it's impossible. But with God, not only salvation, but all things are possible. And this is the simple truth I want to bring to our attention this evening as we come to the place of prayer. Brothers and sisters, what could we do to save ourselves? Nothing. And it wasn't until we finally came to the place where we got nothing to offer and we can do nothing, then we understood that God can do it all. We understood that with God, all things are possible. Even thereafter, we started to realize even those moments where we started to take things into our own control, we started to think that we could make things happen, things were possible with us. No. We started to quickly realize anything we did in and of ourselves just came to nothing. And we start to remember the words that Jesus Christ given to his disciples that without me, Without me, ye can do nothing. Look, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things, I say, all things are possible. Are possible. And you and I are living testimonies of that. Of the impossible made possible because of God. And you and I can testify of even different situations and and impossible circumstances that God somehow made possible. And we can think of accounts of Scripture that seem to be impossible, set before the people of God many a times, many occasions, that, that, that they came to this dead end, this impossibility. But God shows with man it's impossible, but with God all things. I'll say it again so we would get it. All things are possible. Who can split a Red Sea? Who can create something from nothing? Any one of us? Which one of us can add one cubit to our stature? Can any one of us change a leopard's spots? Can any one of us cause time to turn back? Brothers and sisters, with man, impossible. But with God, all things, I say again, all things are possible, are possible. Who can make the barren fruitful? Can man? Nay, but with God, all things are possible. When that angel visited Mary and was recounting and saying, in essence, Mary, God has chosen you to bear the Christ. And she was somewhat overwhelmed and humbled. She was just a simple handmaid and she, was a, she, was, she knew what she was and she knew she was nothing. And the angel there went to tell her about Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who the Bible says was barren, has conceived. And goes on to say in Luke one thirty seven, For with God nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Who can make a virgin conceive? Who can open the barren womb and who can shut it? 
With man, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You see, God is not like you and I. We have an understanding. We have a capacity. We have a brain that functions and works out and calculates to a certain extent. But God is, goes far further than that. And, and God does not calculate like you and I calculate because God is not like you and I. You and I calculate oftentimes in the realm of limitation. You and I calculate in the realm of man's capacity and man's ability. And that's why here it is established that with man it is impossible. Man has no ability to do this. But with God, all things are possible. And all I'm simply bringing before your attention, brothers and sisters... That with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. There's two passages I want us to turn to. And I don't want to elaborate much on this because I believe it's a very basic thought as we come and approach the throne of grace. I want us to turn to Mark chapter 11 first. Mark chapter 11, and I want us to see this just to simply tune our hearts to remember that it is impossible for us. And so we are coming with a mind and a heart that I know this is impossible for me, Lord, but not with you. It's possible with you. And so Mark chapter 11, and I'm... I want us to see here in, uh, from verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have, listen to this word, whatsoever, whatsoever he saith. This is not an encouragement to have faith in our faith. This is not an encouragement to have faith and believe that I will not doubt. I know me. I know my heart. I know my capacity. And this is why he starts in verse 22 or taking what took place prior to this and teaching them the lesson as Christ often does. And he says, have faith in God. You know why? Because with man, many things, I say many things are impossible. And I, uh, let me just say this, with man, it's impossible. But with God, he says, if you ask, if you believe, hey, don't doubt, you have it. You have it. And this, I think it's in, in John chapter 16, where Jesus connects asking or making our requests known to the Father in Jesus' name. And it's, it's assumed that in the instruction that he, He's given His disciples that whatever we ask in His name, we will have. We will have. 
And he goes on to say that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. And this is why when we see answers to prayer, what happens? God answered prayer. And there's a fullness of joy that floods your soul because you know God, it's, it wasn't, you, you're not saying, oh, look how well I prayed. No, God heard. And God did the impossible. And you look back and you stand back and you see how God did it and you think, there's not, not a chance on earth a man could orchestrate something like that. Not a chance on earth. You know why? Because with man it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Are possible. Hey, have faith in God. Amen. Mark chapter 9. Turn there now. Or turn back there, I should say. Mark chapter 9. Not having faith in my faith, I'm having faith in God. Because He is limitless. There is no limitations there in what God can do. Mark chapter 9 and... This is an account where there's a request made to the Lord to cast out a demon from, his, from, from this man's son. This man was asking, this father was asking Christ to cast out this devil that, that was in his son. And, uh, and, and verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, look at these words, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him that believeth. And he goes on in the next verse, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, with tears, he was finished. This father knew, Possible with man. He says, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And you know how Christ helped him? He blessed that mustard seed faith and he cast that devil straight out. And that devil left him. And that boy was delivered. But the lesson he wanted this father to learn. If you will believe all things are possible to him, him individually, that believeth. All things are possible. And while I believe this is no doubt strongly in, you know, when it comes to the matter of praying and even fasting, you know, the, the disciples asked him a question. In verse 28, why could we not cast him out? Because Christ enabled them to do such things, did he not? He sent them out to do this, but they could not cast this one out. They said, why could we not cast this one out? He said unto them, verse 29, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, I'm not going to get into the realm of devils and kinds and so on and so forth. But what I want to do bring out is this connection of all things made possible and with this connection with prayer and fasting. Because you know what praying is? Praying is not just sweet communion with God and I can't emphasize sweet communion with God by way of prayer. 
But when I come to pray by way of making my requests known unto God, I am coming because I know God, with me and with man, it's impossible. Man can't do anything with this Lord. But I know what you can do. And I don't know how you I don't know how you're gonna do it. I don't know when you're gonna do it. I've got no idea. All I know is with me and with man it's impossible. But with you, all things are possible. All things are possible. Brothers and sisters, have faith in God. If if we believe. He says, all things are possible to him that believeth. You know why? Because we believe with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I believe in God. I believe in God. And so I just wanted us to have our hearts tuned as we come to the place of prayer. Let your requests be of faith. And if your request is faithless, you are asking something of God that you in your mind is like impossible and that's all where it stays. It hasn't gone to the place, but, but with God. But with God. And how many a times we stay in the place, but with man it's impossible, but cross over to, but with God. All things are possible. We can't change the hearts of these people that we mentioned tonight. We can't. We can't change the hearts. My friend that witnessed to me could not change my heart. As a matter of fact, it frustrated me what I heard. Never heard the gospel before. It frustrated me. Never heard anything like it. But you know what God started to do? He started to convict me of my sin. And I have no shadow of a doubt that although they could not change my heart, they went to the God to whom all things, to whom all things are possible. And I know what I was, and I know where I was headed. And I knew it was going to take nothing less than a miracle, at least now I can see it all the more. And I thank God He intervened, and I thank God that there were children there that believed that with God all things were possible, that God could save someone like this. And He did. Brothers and sisters, with God, all things are possible, are possible. And so when we come to bring these ones before God, these different things before God, let us remember He simply invited us to come in faith believing and leave the rest with God.